Romans, the eighth chapter. We're going to read today, beginning at verse 1 once again, and we're going to go down through verse 8, and we'll just see how far we're going to go uh, today and what the Lord would have for us. So I'll be reading from the New King James Version this morning, Romans 8, 1 through 8. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. Uh, the, The ESV says, for to set the mind on the flesh is death. So for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. And again, the ESV will say, for the mind is that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks again for your word. And I pray even now, Lord, you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon us. Lord, you know each heart that's here. Lord, you know the word that they need to hear. And Father, that you can, you can in their ears cause them to hear a, a message that is just for them. And so, Word of God, speak. Do something that I can't do. Lord, just move within our hearts and minds. Draw us closer to you. And Father, as always, should there be someone under the hearing of this message who is yet lost, oh Father, that, that you would have mercy. Lord, that you would draw them to yourself, help them to see their condition, and Lord, show them the rescue that is in Christ Jesus. So, Father, teach us. Help us that we may learn more of you and learn more of who we are, those who are in Christ. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. I want to begin today... By, by reminding ourselves of what Paul is referring to when he uses the word flesh um, in, in these statements. Who, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And so on initial reading, someone may say, well, wait a minute. I, I'm in the flesh. I, I'm walking around in flesh. And, and you're telling me I can't please God. Well, we have to take what he means in the context of this passage. And we talked about this 
to some degree. Clyde Mavis, we've been we've been in Romans for quite a long time, and and so we've talked about this a couple months ago when we were in Romans seven, uh, where it talked of of being dead to the law through Christ, dead to the law that we might be married to another, to be married, to be united with with Christ, um, dead to the law, joined to Christ, made alive in Christ, and, and it talked of when we were once in the flesh. But now in Christ, serving in the newness of the Spirit. Uh, many of you will remember we talked about that, the newness of the Spirit. Now let, let's just read verse 5 in Romans 7. This is a reminder. For when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions were aroused by the law, which were aroused by the law, were at work on our members to bear fruit to what? Death. To death. And Paul is referring to something that we once were, but now are something different. Something new. A new creation in Christ. Once in the flesh, only in the flesh, but now in the Spirit. Born of the Spirit. Born again. And for the born again believer, we were once in the realm of the flesh only, but now in Christ, though we are walking around in this mortal flesh, we are born again spiritually. We're in the realm of the Spirit. That we all there. You understand what I'm saying? For those who are in Christ, once condemned, but now set free from condemnation, once under the law, but now under grace, Paul is talking about two spiritual positions or identity when he's talking about here in this context of flesh and spirit. So so let's 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 know that and let's remember that. And now in Romans 8 know this and I want just want to point this out. Paul is not describing two kinds of Christians, one carnal and one spiritual. That that's not what he's saying and I want to address that because of a false understanding of someone who may believe when they read a Bible translation that has that word carnal. And you'll notice when we read our opening, uh, I paused and I read from ESV as well because the, 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 I believe the King James, uh, the New King James uses the word carnal. And that word can be taken and I've heard it said, I've had conversations with people and say, oh, well, well, yeah, they're, they're, they're a carnal Christian. There is no such thing, according to Paul, a, a carnal Christian. Now, can a Christian sin? Yes. But it will be momentary. It will not be their practice of life. The Lord will come for them as as they have strayed from the fold. We are his sheep and he will come for us. He will not leave us there. He will bring us back. And so those falls will be momentary. And and will they sometimes be a severe fall? Yes, they can be. We talked about it at the end of Romans 7. Perhaps our fall may be to such a degree that we will cry out as the Apostle Paul, O wretched man that I am. How could I have done such a thing? How could I have said such a thing? I'm a child of God. And we talked of, of Peter and how perhaps he had that same feeling that Paul 
Paul had when he denied Christ that third time. It said when, when the Lord looked at him and he realized what he had done, he went away sorrowful and grieving and no doubt perhaps saying exactly the same thing that Paul said, O wretched man! I walked with him. I said I would be with him and I would stay by his side. But I denied him. And I believe, children of God, we perhaps will have those same moments in our life when sin momentarily will get the upper hand in our life. And we may say or do something that immediately, perhaps immediately, would convict our hearts of what we have done. So it is momentary. Uh, so, so Paul is not making us two categories of Christians. Uh, what, he, what he is doing, he is contrasting the saved and the unsaved. And we have talked about that a lot, about the categories. There, there's only two. You're either saved or you're not saved. You're either a believer or you're an unbeliever. You're either redeemed or you're unredeemed. Two categories and only two categories. Now let's go back and read Romans 8. Let's go 7, uh, I'm sorry, 5 through 7, Chase. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. And again, for to set the mind on the flesh. Uh, I want to say this. As we're reading through this, uh, there in verse 5, if you got your Bibles and you're looking at it, I'm not sure what translation you're reading, but if, if you read it up there, it's in the first, uh, first three lines, first four lines on the screen. The word flesh, according to the flesh, the things of the flesh. And then when you get down, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Those four words, flesh, two times in verse 5, and carnally in verse 6, and carnal in verse 7, is all the same Greek word. It's the same Greek word. And why they translated it differently, I'm not sure. Uh, but it's the same Greek word. You can look it up if you've got got a Greek uh, uh, dictionary or whatever. It's at least in the references I had. It's G forty five sixty one, and you can look at it and you can you can follow that verse and see it's that same word. It's it's the Greek word zarx, and what it's talking about is is statements of fact. For to be carnally minded is death. To have our minds set on the flesh is death. To be carnally mind, minded is enmity against God. It is hostility toward God. That's a statement of fact. And what an awesome statement. And this child of God was once all of us. All of us. Let's go to Ephesians 2 verses 1 through 9. Remember, he said to be carnally minded is death. The, the, the mind set on the flesh is death. We were all once dead in our trespasses and sins. We were dead. We, we were not drowning in our sin. We weren't paddling around on the top and perhaps going down for the tenth time. And somebody, the Lord reached out and pulled us out as we were drowning. No, understand, we were dead on the ocean floor. Understand that. Dead. Can dead men respond? No. 
No, we have to be resurrected. And who has the power to do that? It's God. It's God. Salvation is of the Lord. So in Ephesians 2, I love these verses too, verses 1 through 9. For you, he, the Lord, made alive. You who were dead in trespasses and sins. And again, that, that was all of us. At one time, that was all of us, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Is the spirit of the devil still working on the face of the, the prince of the power of the air? He is still working, seeking whom he may devour. Verse 3, whom also, whom among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath. By nature, we all inherited the nature of Adam. And we, we talked about that to quite the degree. All die in Adam. And not just physical death came, but spiritual death came. And so we were all born as a child of Adam, and we must be born again in Christ uh, to, in, to inherit eternal life with the Lord. Among whom also you all once conducted yourself in the lust of our, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God. <laughs> I love that. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us set together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Child of God, by grace we have been saved through faith. And that faith was not of our own doing. It wasn't of our own intelligence that we, we somehow conjured up this faith within us. No, your faith, my faith was a gift of God, a gift of God. To have a mindset on the flesh is what? Death. The wages of sin is what? Death. And let's look at Romans uh, 7 verse 5 one more time. For when we were in the flesh, remember that that's our spiritual condition, that's our spiritual position. When we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear the bear fruit of death. The mindset on the flesh is death. And the sinner will remain in this condition until by a miracle of salvation we are saved by grace through faith. Romans 8, 7. Because the carnal mind is an enmity against God. And for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it is not subject to the law of God. Now listen to this. Nor indeed can be. Can anyone save themselves? No. They can't. 
unless God the Father draws them to himself. And it says those who who are uh, according to the the flesh, whose mind is set on the flesh, that that carnal mind is enmity of God, and they're hostile, and and they're not subject to the law of God, nor can be, until saving faith comes by that miracle of mercy. So apart from that, their minds will only be set on the flesh and will remain spiritually dead. That's quite a sobering thought, is it not? Shouldn't that make every child of God have great compassion for their family, for their friends, for those who are yet lost? Shouldn't that just make you well up that that you'd want to share the gospel with them, that, that perhaps they might be saved? Because in their current lost condition, they are not subject to the law of God nor indeed can they be. And Paul talks about this in, in uh, 1 Corinthians, the second chapter. 1 Corinthians, second chapter, 12 through 16. Now we received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Let me pause there for a minute. I, I love a lyric in that one song we sing, uh, I'll Not Forget. And, and it says, uh, Born of the Spirit, now I can see all of the treasure you've given to me. Before, I didn't see it. You didn't either. You couldn't. Do you, you understand that? You couldn't. And, and so... Let that help you understand why when you talk to your unsaved loved ones or friends that perhaps they will look at you like, what in the world are you talking about? Because they cannot understand it until the Lord, if you want to phrase it this way, flips the switch. Can I say it that way? Until the Lord shines light into darkness. Until the Lord breathes life into that which is dead and brings them to life. So, so don't... Don't think it's strange when they look at you like, what in the world are you talking about? But you keep telling them. You keep telling them anyway. You keep telling them. You keep sowing those seeds, you see. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak not in Words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Now listen to this, verse 14. But the natural man, the unsaved man, the one whose mind is set on the flesh, okay? But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. And we pause again. And those who are still lost and, and dead in their trespasses of sins, they do not have the Spirit of God. They can't discern spiritual things. Verse 15. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. Let me pause there for a minute. Some people get all turned around when they read that phrase. There is therefore now what? 
no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. God is for us. Who can be against us? Who will bring a charge against God's elect? No one. That's what he's talking about here. The same thing that he talked about in Romans. Who can bring a charge against God's elect? No one. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. Because all of that has been taken care of by Christ on the cross. And we will stand holy and blameless and above reproach before God the Father, clothed in a robe of righteousness, not of our own, but of Christ. Verse 16. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. Do you believe that? You you better because it's right there. It's right there. Believe it. Child of God, if you're truly born again, you have the mind of Christ. He has given you all things which pertain to life and godliness that you may live thereby the word. The mind of Christ, spiritually minded. Uh, we're we're going to put that Romans 8, 5, and 6 up one more time. And this is pretty much all we're going to be looking at today, it seems like, is just this. Spiritually minded. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Spiritually minded. The mind of Christ, you see. For to be carnally minded is death. Or to have your mind set on the flesh is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. We have the mind of Christ. Spiritually minded. Uh, let's, Let's go to Philippians 2, the first five verses. Philippians 2, 1 through 5. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, and we would say yes to all that, there is, there is, there is. Fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself, Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Child of God, we have the mind of Christ. And what are we called to do? In in Romans, it's Romans 12, just the first two verses. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. This is those who are born of God, born again, holy, acceptable to God. And we are. We are a child of God. Do you know that? Do you know? Well, I don't feel holy. We stumble at times. But what does the Word say? What does the Word say? Believe who you are according to the Word of God. By the mercies of God that you present your bodies a holy sac- a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the what? Say it with me. Renewing of your mind. And make it personal. The renewing of my mind. 
that that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Well, I want to know the will of God for my life. Well, there's a lot of things that's written in the Word of God that we may know the will of God. Is the will of God that we abstain from sexual lust. That, that, that's, there's certain things that say those very phrases. The will of God is this. But then there's others that we can go to and we can learn by renewing our mind in the Word of God and, and setting before the Holy Spirit that He may teach us. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. To have the mind of Christ. Spiritually minded is life and peace. <laughs> Eternal life. Everlasting life and peace. Child of God, you are in a peace relationship now with God the Father. You're no longer hostile toward Him if you're born again. You're no longer His enemy, but you are in a peace relationship with God. A, a peace that surpasses all understanding. How can we believe it? How can we know that? Because He has been gracious to us. That's why. Once an enemy, once living hostile to God, but now given the mind of Christ that we might have life and peace. The contrast between the believer and the unbeliever. We have eternal life and peace. Eternal life with God. What will they have? Eternal death. And not peace, but wrath. But wrath, the great contrast. Now here, here's where we once were, and perhaps some of you still remain, because here's, here's the sad part of it. Not all are born again. In Romans 3, verses 10 through 12. You know these verses. We've read them quite often from this pulpit. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good, no, not one. In the flesh, separate from God, none righteous. We drop down to verse 23, Romans 3, 23. You know this, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. If you go to Romans 6, verse 23, you know this, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. But now for the born-again believer in Christ, we have been set free from the law of sin and death. Now, is sin still a power here on earth? Yeah, it is. But child of God, know this. You have been saved from the penalty of sin. We still deal with it while we're here walking around in this mortal flesh on planet earth as it is right now. We still deal with sin every day. But don't forget that you have been 
what was it? What does it say in, in, in Romans that we looked at several times? Child of God, sin will no longer have what dominion over you. Now, that's now while we're here, we still must deal with it. But one day, standing before God the Father, our condemnation was placed on Christ. He bore our sins upon the cross that there would be no condemnation to us who are in Christ Jesus. Our sins laid on him, imputed to him, his righteousness placed on us, imputed to us, the great exchange. Isn't that a glorious thought? How how much better than that? We have been set free, child of God, from the law of sin and death. And, And I'll ask it again today because there's perhaps no more important question to ask and there's no more important answer than the correct answer that you can make to this question do you believe the gospel of jesus christ john 3 let's read verse 14 all the way down through verse 20 today and as moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness even so must the son of man be lifted up let me pause there again. You know what happened back in Numbers, don't you? You remember that? The, the, the people being disobedient. God sent this plague on them. The plague was, was serpents and they were biting people and they were dying. And, and, and so they cried out, Lord, help us, help us. What do we do? What do we do? Well, fashion a, a bronze serpent and lift it up on a pole. Why fashion a bronze serpent? Because it was the picture of what was killing them. What happened when Jesus was lifted up upon the cross? What was placed on him? My sin. What was killing us? Sin. Sin had killed us. We were dead because of our trespasses and sin. See, that that's the, the contrast of that. The very thing that was killing those people is what was lifted up on the pole. And what did they have to do? They had to look to it. Believing, look to it. That if they did, that they would be saved and that's christ lifted up on the cross what do we do we look to him we look to him he is our only hope our only rescue we look to him and we will be saved from the condition of sin that is killing us by his stripes we are healed from our condition of sin and as moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness even so must the son of man be lifted up that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now let me pause there again. He didn't have to come to condemn the world. The world was already condemned. We were all condemned in our sins. But he came that the world that I through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned. <laughs> there is therefore now no condemnation. He who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already. Why? Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. You see how important that the answer to the question, do you believe, is? Verse 19, and this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light 
lest his deeds should be exposed. For those who are in Christ, no condemnation. For those apart from Christ, there is only condemnation awaiting them. The born-again believer has eternal life, peace with God. The unbeliever has wrath and everlasting death awaiting. John 3, verse 36. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. That's an awesome statement, isn't it? See, Jesus came to this earth to be the perfect sacrificial lamb, to give his life a ransom for many, to pay in full the penalty for sin for all who would believe. So then the gospel call goes out. By faith, believe and receive Christ. Confess that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. Repent of your sins and turn. Turn to him who was lifted up on the cross. Turn to him and follow Jesus. Let's close with this, Romans 10, verses 9 through 13. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And again, let me pause. Saved from what? Saved from wrath. That's what? Saved from wrath. Verse 10, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture says, Whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, we give thanks to your word. And and I pray that you would call, you've caused a hearing within many people today. And Lord, I, I pray ultimately that, that you are calling some to yourself. You're drawing them to yourself. That, that perhaps it is, is starting out as a, a single ray of light. But Lord, as you would shine that upon them, they would start to consider and to think about the words of truth that they have heard. And Lord, that in your timing in your, and in your way, that there would be a, a full, bright array of light that would overwhelm them to the truth that they would have no other recourse than to fall before you, recognizing that they're a sinner and that you are a most holy God and knowing their condition of of sin before most holy God. And Father, within that light that you would shine, that you would breathe life into a dead spirit, that you would allow them to see the rescue of Christ that you would grant them faith, Lord, the gift of faith that they might believe and, and that you would grant them repentance as, as they would fall before you and cry out, confessing their sins before you. And Lord, help them as they receive Christ and turn from their sin to follow him the remainder of their days. Lord, help them that they would grow and grow and grow in their in their process of sanctification and becoming more and more like Christ. 
And Lord, for, for those of us who, who can truly say, because your spirit has borne witness with our spirit that we are yours, that Lord, you would help us. Lord, that you would remind us to forsake the world and its sin and temptations and all those things and cling to Christ. Help me, help us all, Father, to renew our minds according to your word. Help us that we may live a life as we should, that we would be a living testimony of your goodness and mercy. So, Father, we need you. All of us, Lord, we need you. So help us, I pray. In Christ's name, amen.